Welcome to the City on a Hill podcast. We are a Catholic young adult ministry located in Kansas City with a mission to be the community that inspires and forms our generation to be saints. In today's episode, we will feature a young adult from our community who will share how they encountered Jesus and how they strive towards sainthood in their everyday life. Hopefully, this will encourage you in your pursuit of everyday holiness. Thanks for joining in on this episode of City on a Hill. Welcome back to another episode of the City on a Hill podcast, where we interview Catholics in Kansas City in their 20s and 30s and get their stories of faith. I'm Father Andrew Mattingly, your host and director and chaplain of City on a Hill. And I'm really excited today to welcome our guests, David and Rachel Benier. Welcome, you guys. Hey, Father. Yeah, good to have you on. And you were telling me just before we uh, got on the show here what it's like to try and have a date night when you have six kids. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> tell us about that. Well, they usually go really well. We go out to have dinner and maybe go to a bookstore and look for some books and just visit. <laughs> That's your typical date, go to a bookstore? Yeah, yeah. kind of. Nice. <laughs> um, Coffee. But okay. We yeah. tried to go out on Saturday and that didn't go quite as smooth <laughs> yeah you know sushi doesn't come right away right like there's kind of a commitment like you order it and then you gotta wait right as yeah. making the rolls so we're sitting there and the babysitter called and kind of like hey not going so well and then uh told the waiter like oh i don't know if we should commit but we committed but we had to cancel the rolls because the babysitter called again and yeah, the was baby was not going down, just <laughs> crying and screaming, and Martina was the only one that could console him, and and uh, Martina was going to have to go to bed soon. <laughs> so nice, we got back and took care of him. So you ab- you abandoned your <laughs> abandoned your date night yeah. for for a higher good. Yeah, you find places that are close to home usually. Nice, <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. That's great. Do you guys usually make time pretty frequently for to get out on a date night? We attempt once a week. That's okay. kind of the goal. Okay. Right? But okay. Sometimes reality kicks in. And yeah. Yeah, and it might just Stretch. be like Chipotle and like going to <laughs> check out like hardwood floors or something like <laughs> at Lowe's. But, you know, it's That's some so time funny. away from home. Right? That's so funny. Yeah. That's hilarious. I remember uh, calling uh, a friend like in the week or two after – um, he got married. I think they were postponing a honeymoon and like I called him and, and they were, you know, whatever, three days into their marriage and they're at Menards, you know, yeah. just kind of like shopping yeah. for like home improvement stuff. I was like, oh, this is, this is the life. Yeah. <laughs> the reality. The life. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Good. Well, we'll, uh, we'll get right into it. So, um, Rachel, I think you're going to start and just, yeah, just lay out for us sort of your life story and how the Lord has kind of led you along bit by bit um, from as young as you want to start uh, up until up until today. Sure. Thanks, Father. Yeah, um, I guess I would start. I grew up in a small town in Exeter, Nebraska, um, population like 600 people, pretty tiny. Um, but I had a lot of siblings growing up that was uh, a real blessing. Um, I was number four of 12. Mm. I had three big brothers and um, there were five sisters and six brothers. So pretty even, six and six. And um, growing up, uh, there's just a lot going on, a lot of fun, a lot of energy, just, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of my younger years was just 
surrounded by family because my mom was one of nine, and so I had lots of cousins. She mm. was kind of the youngest of nine, so all the holidays was spent hanging out with cousins and aunts and uncles and um, Fourth of July and things. And also, too, my grandparents, um, my dad's parents, lived just across the street from us, mm. and so um, I would visit them every day. And I would have tea with my grandma and we would just visit. I was the, you know, the the girl, um, you know, their older brothers, but I was like the first girl grandchild. And so we had a, a pretty special bond. And then my other grandparents lived like seven blocks away, just down the wow. street from the Catholic church. And wow. we grew up with a Catholic church in town and the pastor lived there. And so we had daily mass, even in this tiny town of 600 people my whole um, growing up, and um, wow, that was, churches in sight. From that their was house. pretty neat. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you could he always hear That's the amazing. bells um, for consecration time, and um, they would ring the that mass they would ring like on. the big church bell for yeah, the consecration. They would do like kind of like you know the little bells at mass. They would ring it three times and then yeah. wait, and then one more toll for. Um, wow. This yeah. is like something from like centuries past. <laughs> this this little town that you grew up. In. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it is, was. Um, just felt pretty safe growing up. We did the paper out, my brothers and I, and nice. wake up at like four thirty every morning and go deliver papers on our bikes. And there um, were scary houses, though. <laughs> there were, <laughs> but sometimes my brothers like to like finish their routes really fast and like sneak up and scare me, um, which always made me terrified. I never watched scary movies growing up because I knew I would be too wigged out to go on the paper out if I had seen something scary the night before in a movie. But anyhow, um, so just a lot of fam good family memories, um, a lot of good, um, just, uh, I guess there wasn't a lot of influence from like the world, the outside world. It was pretty like, um, insulated with family, church and, um, and that, and we grew up in the Lincoln diocese. And so, um, just a good bishop mass was always like beautiful, orthodox, there were always altar boys and um, like just obedience to the bishop. And, I, and these are things you took for granted as a mm. kid. You didn't realize. I, I didn't realize until I got married and kind of was, um, you know, we were finding our way um, as a married couple, like parish and stuff. But um, just what a blessing that is. Mm. So, um, so yeah, I started um, working at the nursing home when I was 15. My grandparents transition from living across the street to living in the nursing home when they got mm. elderly and um, I would go visit them a lot and I eventually started working there and doing like housekeeping and mm. and after a couple of years of that when I was a junior going into my senior year I became a CNA which means mm. that you can help the elder, elderly people with the activities of daily life so I yeah. got to work more one-on-one -on -one with the older people and I really enjoyed that yeah um, but also it was kind of a culture shock thing because I was working with all of these older women who, mm. um, this was their, like their main job and they were like helping provide for their families. And mm. a lot of them had like broken homes, broken mm. families. And I really mm. got to see the effects of, of like decisions and the effects of like sin in people's lives. Mm. And, um, they weren't happy. A lot of them, yeah. you know, just, uh, um, just seeing how how their uh, their decisions had affected them and their families and and um so i it was kind of a, a point in time where i started to realize that like 
you know, what we do affects like the future is kind of, you know, a way to when you're young to kind of see down the road through somebody else's decisions and things. And Hmm. um, so that was something that uh, affected me. Hmm. And going forward, I um, graduated high school. I was homeschooled all the way through um, my education. So um, elementary, high school. And um, I knew that I wanted to go to a small school after Hmm. high school because I um, just knew I needed a smaller community. It'd be way too intimidating to go to a big university. And so um, I looked at some small colleges in Nebraska. My brother, one of my brothers had gone to Hastings College, um, kind of a Presbyterian sort of college. And another brother had gone to Concordia, which is a Lutheran college. And they both were like, Rachel, you should go to a Catholic college. <laughs> like, you're too yeah. social. You'll, like, make a lot of friends, and you want them to be good friends. Nice. And, <laughs> and so that was probably one of some of the best advice they gave me. So I checked out um, Benedictine, and uh, I really loved it. I loved that it was fairly close to home and just small, and people lived on campus, and I got a job on campus. and um, Campus ministry. And I did get to meet a lot of people nice. and yeah. make a lot oh, of yeah. friends and um, nice. be super involved. And um, and we discovered this actually, uh, when was this? I think I was visiting you guys um, sometime last year. And we were actually in the same freshman class. At we were in the same freshman class. I have a picture of Father Maddenly in my Benedictine College yearbook, if anybody would like to see it. <laughs> he has some pretty long, crazy hair. It's true. It's true. <laughs> kind of looks a little, little emo kid, but... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate. I appreciate no, that. No. Yeah, I always tried to get people's attention, so that was, uh, it was a fault. I'm still working on. <laughs> no, it was unfortunate that I don't didn't really get to hang out or uh, meet you that year because it was just one year, right? Mm-hmm. No, or one semester. Yeah, one semester. Yeah, it was super okay. short. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That's neat. It's a good place to discern vocations. That sounds mm-hmm. like that's what happened yeah. for you. It was helpful. Um, it was. Helpful, especially in the sense I knew if I stayed any longer, I would lose, I would lose my vocation for sure. So because she was, I was like, yeah, I was like, I gotta, I was like, I gotta get out of here. That's I'll, great. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it was good, a good place for me because at Benedictine, I got to see the faith lived out by other young people. Like when I was growing up, it, uh, I was living the faith was something I kind of took for granted. That was just something we did and all my family did and my grandparents and, you know, just kind of this, I was just a part of this community, but going to Benedict and it was kind of like became a decision, you know, like, how am I going to live my faith? Well, um, eventually I got involved in a focused Bible study and uh, I, uh, I started going to daily mass, but it, you know, it kind of took some, you know, figuring out, like, what do I need to do each day? Should I go to daily mass? Should I say a rosary every day? Should I pray in the chapel? Well, the monks have liturgy at the hour. Should I be going to that? You yeah. know, like, you're just yeah. trying to, like, figure it out and make your way and, and and making some good friends who are really grounded and a little bit older and just, like, it really helped me in my faith and um, kind of to make it my own and to, uh, um, yeah, just kind of make make my way as, as I became an adult and... Um, yeah. When you continued a lot of like kind of upward relationships, right? You were you know, really close with the monks, right? Working there. Yeah. At the Abbey. The monks. Uh, so I used my CNA um, experience that I had <laughs> growing up and um, I became friends with one of the monks at the Abbey, Brother John Pito. And 
one day I was visiting with him and he was telling me about how somebody had quit on him and he needed to find some help and like hmm. this and that. And I'm like, well, I could help you. And he was like, oh, you're so nice. But like, I need someone who's a CNA. And I'm like, well, I'm a CNA. And he just couldn't believe it. And awesome. I was like, yeah, I can, I can do that. And he was like, well, all right. And then when it just, and that was my freshman year. So I worked there all, all four years, part-time, like sometimes on weekends, hmm. sometimes hmm. night shift, sometimes just picking up whenever they needed help. And yeah. and brother John became like my grandpa in the faith. Like nice. when yeah. I started dating David, he was the one that I had to get <laughs> to approve. <laughs> so I raised That's cattle true. growing up. And so that was an instant in with brother John. So oh yeah. yeah. He's a good English a, monk. He's a farmer. <laughs> Who yeah, loves he, he, cows. he would go out and just drive by cattle pastures and stuff. <laughs> yeah, he loved to go look at the longhorns. That's He's awesome. So yeah, so that's that great. Nice, nice. This guy's yeah. trustworthy. He knows that's, cows. That's right. <laughs> that's right. But I could go to him with all kinds of questions, and and he would give me perspective and depth to like the Catholic faith and, um, hmm. uh, yeah, things like when we got engaged we decided to have our wedding mass in the extraordinary form and one of the other monks gave me a really hard time about it hmm. one of the ones I cared for he was an older monk and I think he'd been a little bit jaded um, by Vatican II or he just just hurt in the just transition. hurt yeah. Oh, yeah and sure. um, a lot sure. of bitterness and, and I couldn't understand that yeah. yeah 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 and sure. so it it was really helpful to talk to brother John and, and he could mm. explain and help me see kind of the history and like oh yeah you know why some of the changes were made and like just and um, to understand just to understand sympathy. where this other monk was coming from yeah and, yeah um and and anytime I had a test or a quiz or a paper, I would tell Brother John, and he'd be like, "Well, what time is it on Friday?" And I'm like it's at two. Can you pray at two? And he's like, "Of course." <laughs> I'm still convinced he's That's the awesome. one reason I graduated with the way I did, just because of all his prayers. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it's That's a big great. part of it. So you guys had met then while you while you were at BC. Yeah, that's definitely part of our how we met story. Yeah, but that's I great. Think we'll let David tell his yeah. early years. Well, maybe. Well, let me ask you. Yeah, one just one quick question. Um, I uh, first of all, like your the town you grew up in sounds amazing. You know, <laughs> and just like the family culture and the religious culture, and just really beautiful. Um, I don't know if just really quick, and this might tie into some questions I have for you guys later, but um, have you found yourself often, especially living in a big city now, just a very different context, trying to sort of import um, different, I don't know, cultural things that maybe you grew up with, like into home life? Because um, going from a 600-person town to you know, a massive metropolitan area, um, it's not the same feel, obviously. So I don't know if there are things that kind of hit your mind every once in a while. Oh, I would love it if like, could I find a creative way to like foster some sort of, I don't know, fill in the blank that I grew up with that you don't normally find in a huge city? Does that make sense? Yeah. Actually, when we moved here, one big thing that I was doing was taking the kids over to the Little Sisters of the Poor uh, because I missed 
the elderly community growing up. You know, the nursing home I worked at, the grandparents that I had that the kids don't have access to here because they're Mm. all both sets are in Nebraska. We would just go over there and Mm. play bingo or we'd do bowling and baking or we'd just walk around and visit. And, um, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that was something I definitely wanted to, for them to experience. And also they actually Mm. helped me in discerning, uh, my vocation because when I was at Benedictine College, um, Brother John told me about them and uh, the Little Sisters of the Poor in that they were an order that had a nursing home and assisted living and they cared for people and this was their work. And I was like, wow, that sounds so neat. And like in prayer, I was like, I feel like if God was calling me to an order, it would be something like that because I love old people so much and I just love like you know, being around them and taking care of them and hearing their stories and being inspired. And so um, it was the end of my freshman year. I went there. I called him up and I was like, hey, can I come visit and like stay a while? And they're like, sure. <laughs> and um, You can stay your whole life if you want. <laughs> <laughs> and so I yeah. just like packed up my suitcase and I stayed for about a week and um, got to know the sisters. They let me come to mass with them hmm. and Hmm. prayers and let me help out in the mornings taking care of the older people and I got to do recreation with them in their convent and um, uh, just got to experience their life a little bit Hmm. Uh, this right here in Kansas City the Little Sisters of the Poor a beautiful place but um, it it was such a beautiful experience but at the end of it I knew that it wasn't where Hmm. God was calling me to yeah when it was really kind of providential because the I left and went home for my brother's wedding and uh, David was at my brother's wedding and we ended up dancing the whole night. <laughs> did, <laughs> nice. I, did I give you a ride up that time? No, I don't no, think okay, so. Yeah. Right. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. So I, I love that though. Like in, you sort of felt maybe like for your kids at least sort of like, oh, our, their grandparents aren't around. So yeah. I really want them to kind of experience maybe even learning how to love those who are weak or vulnerable and and things of the sort. I know another family actually who um they take their young kids every once in a while to um and they their first two are are girls and they'll they'll buy like um a handful of flowers and they'll sort of go to a nursing home not during covid time but um right and uh have their little you know 4-year-old girl sort of like Let's let's see if there's anybody who doesn't get many visitors, and we'll go in. And yeah. you know, obviously, anybody's gonna melt if a little four year old girl comes in to give you like yeah, it just <laughs> makes their day. a flower. But but really, that they're trying to teach them, you know, flying in the face of culture that like, um, which which would say that as soon as you lose your ability to like do something practical to benefit society, your value kind of decreases, and sort of like trying to teach kids from a young age that that's not the case and right. you know to to love people from whom you may not get something practical in return is <laughs> just such an important thing so that's awesome yeah that, no uh, for sure and when you go to visit those nursing homes you get so much more than you give right hmm. like hmm. going there as a mom when we had you know little kids and stuff like they're just the po- most positive people in the world. They're like, you have the most important job. And look, I had eight kids and like just telling you all these like really positive things. You don't hear that when you're at the grocery store these days. It's like <laughs> you got your hands full, lady. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. you can go to the nursing home. They're just like loving that's, on you. That's, that's awesome. Great. They know what's important. Yeah, that that's is great. awesome. 
the greatest generation probably. Mm. <laughs> it's mostly the ones you're yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, thanks. David? Yeah. Let's hear yeah, it. I don't know. She's a such a well crafted. <laughs> I uh so I grew up in or start where I was born in Oregon. Okay. Washington, so started on the coast. Yeah. Uh yeah, so I'm the oldest of five. I have two brothers and two sisters. Um mom and dad uh have a really great marriage, just very strong friends. Hmm. Um I got something that's kind of key. Hmm. Um very united. Um mom has dad's back all the time. Yeah. Like she So, you know, as we're growing up, we're kind of growing as a family in the practice of our faith. We were um mom's a convert, dad a cradle catholic. Uh you know, the, the 70s were really a struggle with the changes in Vatican II and stuff. Uh, grandma had been told by a priest, you know, stick with what you know. And mm. um, so she hunted down the Latin Mass wherever she could find it. Mm. So we kind of grew up early, you know, really pursuing the tri- uh, the Tridentine extraordinary form, mm-hmm. right? Um, maybe with a little bit of rigidity, mm. you know, right? But then my experience was that we thawed, you know, mom and dad were growing and we started to go... Mm the daily mass it was funny when mom converted she didn't know there was an ordinary form oh wow <laughs> oh wow <laughs> yeah she wow. was uh brought into the church by this great franciscan priest and he was saying the mass you know with approval and everything right yeah yeah uh, they're in oregon uh, portland small parish there uh he had like a connection to a cardinal in the vatican <laughs> he <got> special permission <laughs> so yeah That's it's still funny. going there um wow yeah Anyway, so I think that, but what grandma transmitted, I think, was really sticking with doctrine, like the faith, Mm. you know, like we have to understand what is true. Yeah. Right. And so she stuck with what she knew. Right. And, you know, the West Coast was a little wild too in those times. So, you know, Rachel alluded to she didn't really know that things were kind of wild. You know, (laughs) we were back at home and my folks on our way to Exeter. And uh, for Christmas, I think, right? It was Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. We were like, it was the first year we were married. Rachel's like, hey, we're going to go to the, like the children's mass, you know. And my dad just cringes, right? <laughs> and Rachel's like, what do you mean? Like the kids read, like do the readings. And, and like the girls sing in the choir and the little kids bring up <laughs> gifts. What's yeah. so bad about that? Yeah. yeah. Dad's like, well, that's not my, what I think of when I think of a children's mass. <laughs> anyway. That's funny. So, you know, that type of stuff's going on, right? Like, yeah. And yeah. so we would go on Sundays, we ended up starting to go to, we'd drive an hour to this wow. extraordinary form. And then, but during the week, we started going every day to mm. an ordinary form. And mm. we lived, we grew up on a farm and stuff. So my experience is a little bit different growing up than Rachel's. We're pretty sort of isolated. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I didn't really grow up with neighbors close or people close, right? Like, mm. we just kind of were all of us together, the family. And we just had chores and stuff. But yeah, so we're growing, getting into the um, daily mass, um, daily rosary. Mm-hmm. Dad has a very strong devotion to the rosary, and he passed that on. Um, and then when I was getting into high school, we started this uh, competition, our participant in this competition called the Roman Catholic Challenge. And uh, it was started by a nun out there in mm-hmm. Oregon. Mm-hmm. It's a Jeopardy style back and forth with catholic like history or you know things about the mass or yeah. you know saints or and 
this really fired me up. It was a competitive thing, and I really got into like studying and trying to understand huh. the, the faith, huh. right? Um, and w- was this sort of like a bunch of different high schoolers from all over that would come yeah. together? We had and... guys coming down from Canada to wow. compete. Yeah, it was pretty cool. You had teams of four, huh. and uh, you know, four people on a team, and you do these toss-up questions. You're competing against another team. It was double elimination. Two, over two days, right? Wow. Pretty wow. intense. Half-hour games, I think. And That's cool. Yeah. We were number one. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty good. <laughs> awesome. It's fun. It's a psych game too, right? Psychological. Like you have to be having fun to rock the other team. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Anyway. I don't know <laughs> he that. always had an answer to a question too. Like, you always uh, had to answer something. Would crack crack me up when I'd hear stories about like... My mom wanted to crawl under the chair, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was something, awesome. about, was something about what is choral music or something. Yeah, I don't I'm, remember. Like, I'm like, what is the Little Mermaid? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> no idea. That's, that's <laughs> but great. But you have to have an answer. Yeah, Any, and, uh, anybody who know, crack, can crack a good pun in high school, I, yeah. I have admiration for. There so. you go. Well, <laughs> yeah. Mom was like, all right, that's a little too much. <laughs> but it was good. It was fun. You know, good friendships with people right yeah but really trying to learn i think that was kind of part of the ownership of intellectually grasping hmm. and kind of owning the faith yeah right then um you know reading a lot of things and and um yeah, dad had these magazines he would get for uh from father harden father john harden and he had uh articles and they're pretty scholarly little uh, magazine on doctrine and I remember reading one, it was on um, confession. Hmm. He was talking about the need for frequent confession, like hmm. weekly. Hmm. And so I'm, you know, this is before I'm 16, right? Like I'm probably 14 or something. And and uh, was really convicted. I think it was one of these Holy Spirit moments, I think. Hmm. Like I just very, I was reading this thing, this article, we're going to Sunday Mass. We had an hour drive, remember? So yeah. We had to bring reading material. <laughs> and so we're driving, and I'm reading this article and just this conviction, like, I need to be doing this. Wow. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it kind of some struggles with sensuality, like, you know, pretty common for young men and stuff, right? And yeah. it was, um, yeah, it was, I don't know, it, it's been, the, the, the sacrament is such a healing thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And really, for the most part, since that time, Mm. That weekly confession is kind of a part of my my life. Wow. Yeah. And so over twenty over twenty years really. Yeah. yeah. And really not much of a break. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's so, ex- that's amazing. Yeah, and it's a grace. It's content. only a grace. Yeah. I only I always have content. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, honey. Mostly it's pretty boring. But yeah. That's great. Um, yeah. no, it's true. And I think that that's one of the things I see. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I'd read definitions of stuff. It's all good. Lots of grace. Yeah. Lots of grace. Yeah. No, it's been a grace for our family too. Just bringing that to our marriage and right. our kids. And it mm. just, I mean, it just brings. There is such a simplicity and right because you're, yeah, just by the the sacrament. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, he had some quote from like I think it was Pius the Twelfth or something. He's breaking down that hmm. I could find somewhere just uh, about all the benefits of frequent confession yeah. so and but what i remember is just that grace like this is something i need yeah and yeah. and then just kind of going hmm. with that hmm. finally got tired of it after a while but <laughs> <laughs> i don't no. know how you guys do it but that's funny. anyway so yeah then we moved when i was 16 to nebraska and that hmm. was i didn't know that that was in the works for like mom and dad's whole marriage like mom knew that dad was going to eventually pull her back to nebraska oh so mom's family very tight the uh, mo- 
her mom died when she was 12. There's six of them. She's third, right, in birth order. Um, So there's some young kids at home. Her mom died of cancer, right? Uh, Her dad kind of lost his faith through that. Wow. Just... uh, just very bitter, angry with God. Wow. He was a good man, yeah. solid good man, right? But um, huh. loving to his family, but he just, and he loved his wife. And that was just such a deep Gosh. thing for him. Um, so your yeah, mom grew up Protestant, converted when she got to know dad. and Yeah, so she's really tight, right? So it was kind of hard for her to leave. Dad's family kind of originally comes from Nebraska. And mm-hmm. the drawback was the church, the quality of uh-huh. the, the bishop mostly yeah right like yeah. Bruskowitz and just how good the church was when dad would come back for visits yeah you got to be really good friends with the local parish priest and we yeah moved in there uh into in, that small into, town oh a small town yeah not, Palmyra not, not okay. Exeter okay. no <laughs> so and we actually yeah. always we always lived on some kind of an acreage okay like outside of town somewhere yeah so I always grew up on a farm the joke was his dad would buy the land, the house would be livable, and then he'd build a barn. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. we built like four or five barns over awesome. growing up. Yeah, so then uh ended up going to college at University of Nebraska-Lincoln. The big part of that was getting involved with FOCUS, the mm. Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And um, I, was, I was a student, like a Bible leader, Bible study leader. Yeah, you know, yeah. In that whole chain of things. But, yep. you know, they helped with kind of the idea of, you know, not just daily rosary, but, you know, mental prayer. Yeah. We had, the chaplain at the time was really, and the one now too, I'm sure, but Father Buman was, was really on to prayer. He would really hmm. give a lot of homilies to us and talk to us hmm. a lot about the need for mental prayer to hmm. kind of give fruit to our yeah. um, activities, right? And um, so that was kind of my first introduction to mental prayer hmm. was through Father Buman. Uh, did some spiritual direction with him. Still doing frequent confession because I needed to. Uh, and uh, yeah, so went through college four years there, kind of degree in engineering. Um, he led my brother's Bible study for a while. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you get well, along? Did we get along? <laughs> oh, Mike's. We're still friends, I think. <laughs> he was the nice. best man at our wedding. Nice. So. nice. <laughs> they lived together we, too. We had well. really okay. great. Like it was funny. You, that's where I realized that sometimes you need to really slow down on something, right? Mm. Like somebody at one point asked, like, "Hey, what's conscience?" Hmm. I'm like, "Well, I don't really know what conscience is. Let me get back to you." It was on the context of confession, right? Uh. Like, and so next did some research next bible study come back like, all right conscience is was it father is a judgment right like we make a, a judgment about an action right hmm. and then the different types of conscience right like we could have a, you know a weak or a, we could have an ig- you know ignorance or willful ignorance you know anyway but it was really cool like i gave the definition and then i'm like all right let's move on we're gonna talk about marriage next or something and the guys were like hey stop the phone let's talk about this <laughs> right like nice. and it was just good it was good things like that right like yeah um we, we need to understand better to be able yeah. to live well yeah right like, yeah and um i kind of got that a lot growing up was uh we need to love more kind of know a lot hmm. maybe i might have been a little judgmental as a kid i don't know hmm. <laughs> come off a little bit but uh yeah Let's see where are we at there. So this is about where we meet, right? So we met in high school. Yeah. 
right? Uh, we were both, I was homeschooled. And that was like a fluke. Mom got <laughs> really mad at the the psychiatrist that was evaluating us before uh-huh. I went into kindergarten. She's like, I can't screw my kid up more than this person can. I'm taking him home and I'm going to teach him. And, uh, and that's the way it wow. went. Wow. Yeah, it was all. He had new shoes on and his mom knew that they were too big for him, but she also knew he would grow into them. But he really wanted to wear them for like kindergarten roundup, right? And oh, this lady let his mom have it. like mom. For the wrong size shoes? Yeah. yeah. What? Well, and the funny thing was his mom had the right size shoes at home. She'd said, yeah. hey, you you can wear these for one day and then we're going to put them away until you grow into them. And then we'll put, you know, here's the right ones. And yeah, I guess this lady gave her a hard time and she's like, and then she was really a pain to the mom and daughter that came after us, I guess. Oh, man. And mom's like, this lady's messed up. And, and that was it. I mean, okay. can't I think, mess up kindergarten, right? Right. That's kind of mom's <laughs> like, yeah, kindergarten's kind of a you know, little threshold. And, yeah. Yeah. And then we just one after the other kept going, <laughs> homeschooling, and, and uh, it worked out great. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a little disjointed. Something that had kind of come up when I was in high school back in nebraska right like mom encouraged me to get a job kind of out yeah. i had been working for some family and and you know jobs on the farm and things and mom encouraged me to get a job not really professionally but kind of out in the world if you will yeah right yeah and so i ended up working with uh some guys that had like one of these guys had been in the pen for six years for assault. He went in when he was 16, got tried as an adult, hmm. came out 22. So I got to spend a summer with him. Okay. That was interesting. Yeah. You mean landscaping? Landscaping, yeah, yeah. We did landscaping. Nice. And, you know, some of these guys are in college, you know, not happy people, hmm. right? Like hmm. like kind of a, a racy lifestyle and stuff, but just really hollow and not not happy. Yeah. And it's it like... I thought that was an echo to what Rachel was saying about her experience, kind of looking at people that are a little bit in front of you and saying, hmm. that doesn't look fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah. I don't know. That was just something that can't, I thought about when you were talking about your stuff. Yeah. Would you say a quick question about that? Would you say yeah. at that point, so you're like 16, maybe? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, had you come into your faith enough where you sort of saw a potential opportunity there to like witness or were you sort of, was it still kind of, that was too intimidating? No. So that's kind of funny. So remember I'm a brainiac, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so we're sitting there, this, uh, one of these guys and I, uh, planting some plants around this, you know, building and down there just chatting. He's telling me different things and he's Catholic, baptized Catholic. Mm -hmm. He's not going anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think something about, salvation outside of the church kind of comes up hmm. and and he kind of turns and he's like so does that mean i'm going to hell man does that mean you think i'm going to hell and i was like no if you know what you left hmm. yeah but if you don't understand yeah what you've walked away from maybe not I yeah no like, yeah that's in god's hands yeah so, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a break. Oh my yeah, my favorite day was the day that he stopped smoking <laughs> and he was going through withdrawals and he had to try to like get a fix off of my the foreman's dip. <laughs> oh, man, it was a good day. <laughs> 
My <laughs> other favorite day was the day Whoa. that he had like three Red Bulls straight, like one after the other. He's out the side of the crew truck, banging on the top of it, going crazy. It was awesome. <laughs> it was had awesome. so much energy. Wow. It was ramped up. Yeah, Wait, we had a good time. Was that the pen guy or the? No, I wasn't the, the pen guy. Oh. So the pen guy. Okay. See, this is those are different years. I okay. did a couple years of landscape. Yeah, okay. the pen guy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He, for one day, he tried to imitate me, which I thought was funny. He's, you know, he's fresh out and he's like, maybe I should try to be like this kid. And he's like, what music do you listen to? I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, classical. That's gone now. But, uh, you know, and he's like, well, maybe maybe we could do some like classic rock. And, and uh, Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So then ever after, it was like Godsmack and stuff and heavy metal. So Yeah. But. Yeah, that was something else. I, you know, sitting in the middle seat between you know, one guy that's doing drugs more than likely and the other guy who's, you know, just big, strong, mean. Um, and I'm in the middle seat, right? Because I'm the I'm the junior guy. And you're getting a road rage thing and, and you're just sitting there like, I don't know what's gonna go down here, but like this is pretty gnarly. <laughs> you're like Got this heavy metal going. You're like I'm gonna listen to like the Holy Spirit and the breeze, maybe. Like <laughs> that's funny. It was kind of yeah. real. So. so when your mom said like, <laughs> experience the world, you really yeah. And you right know, it's kind of funny. Like she uh, middle of summer, she kind of grabs me. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what necessarily I was projecting or something, but she's like, I feel like you're slipping away. Like I work with a bunch of really weird people. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. It had an effect. And, yeah. But yeah. It, I think it was kind of one of these things like stepping into, you know, Jake's offering these different things. I'm like, you know, I'm not, no, dude, I'm not interested. Yeah. Not yeah. interested. Yeah. And uh, because I can see that you're not happy. Yeah. 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 You're right. And it, so yeah. it was kind of experiential, but it was good to have to stand up for that. Hmm. So, hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Not many 16-year-olds, I think, either that can sort of like explain the concept of like leaving the church uh, with knowledge and leaving the church without knowledge, you know? like <laughs> yeah, but So I had been in some controversies. Remember the flavor I come from, right? Jeopardy, Catholic Jeopardy. Well, Catholic and... Jeopardy and then the Tridentine <laughs> sure. extraordinary form. There's a lot of flavors of that where they're mm. very hard on other people. Sure, yeah. Right? And to so I've tried, I had with the Holy Spirit's, you know, probably pre-prepping me, yeah. kind of studied the issues of outside of the church. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as, as a 14-year-old or something. Yeah, so, yeah, that's amazing. It's funny, just teaching RCA here at the parish, I would say that's a top three question yeah. that people come in who aren't Catholic, uh, is what does the church think about salvation regarding people who are outside the church? And when you explain sort of the, the nuance of, like invincible ignorance and mm -hmm. stuff like that. It's sort of like you can tell there's somewhat of a load lifted off of a lot mm -hmm. of people. Just they're thinking about family members or friends. They're they're maybe their concept of God is going from thinking of him a bit more as kind of a taskmaster towards okay, like maybe he's mm -hmm. maybe he's a little more understanding than I thought. He's not. He sort really of, wants us all to be saved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so, anyhow, it's great to hear that. For 20 years, you've been <laughs> been able to preach that that good news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a fun guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. We got, we started off not so happy with each other. Like, cause I, that was my second year landscaping, right? Yeah. And he'd been working with his foreman for a period of time. So they had a relationship, right? And, um, and I come in, I'm like, I can plant trees faster than anybody around here, dude. And I can put them in better. So I got a real attitude that first day. And by the end of the day, I don't remember what his name was. He's like, dirt. He's like, just really making a lot of noise. And, uh, the foreman's like, you guys all cool? I'm like, I don't know what his problem is. Like, <laughs> it's bad news. Yeah. This foreman, anyway, we mm-hmm. go all off. Let's see. So we're in college, high school. We uh, get to, like, her brothers, when we moved into town, mm-hmm. invited me to join their uh, basketball team. Nice. So they reached out right away. He's tall. Yeah, I was. Yeah, they thought. Yeah, they didn't know how bad my ball handling skills are. <laughs> nice. They're really bad. So, yeah, not an athlete. Remember, cattle. Yeah, cattle. nice. Yeah, I can. I can show cows. Uh, but high school, we'd meet for different things, right? Uh, we'd play Red Rover out in the church. Classic, right? Yeah, yeah. And I these particular place we were meeting as a priest who was saying the extraordinary form mm-hmm. in the diocese of lincoln he was learning it small town uh actually there's no town really around this church it's in the middle of cornfields out wow. in nebraska big church awesome acoustics were really cool the fraternity would come out fraternity of st peter mm. some of the seminarians would come out and sing masses that's cool every year we'd have a school mass out there mm. and we'd serve a Solemn high mass wow. with deacons and subdeacons and stuff, like and, all the homeschool kids. And yeah, stuff and I MC yeah. and, wow. and we do like a. And he'd look really sharp up there, like nice. doing yeah. all the bows <laughs> and like uh-huh. holding the hat, berettas and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. My brother was the very distracting. And, yeah, so this is our <laughs> nice. Uh-huh. I wasn't showing off. It was all for God, for sure, for sure, yes. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. That's where I first noticed him. This nice. one time back in Oregon, I took it in my head that I needed to like stomp around. We we're doing the the um, stations of the cross. I'm yeah. holding the cross, right? Yeah. So I'm like pounding my feet. I'm like <laughs> real soldierly. And get done. I say something to mom and she's like, that was you? <laughs> like I was wondering where those duds were coming from. <laughs> That's great. So not always with good class. Yeah. But yeah. So that's kind of early. We didn't really uh, start uh, getting serious until I had graduated from college. Okay. So you kind of knew each other off and on throughout college a little bit. Right. right. And most, yeah. you know, our, it was sort of like I knew her name, you know, she's cute, but I she didn't really like me. He was dating another girl. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't on the radar. I think yeah. my perspective is is that I was one of those kids that had no sense of style. You know these homeschool kids? Oh, yeah. Right? So yeah. some of them really have like a sense of style, like really try not to look like a homeschooled kid. And this was, well, this when you're the only one that is homeschooling <laughs> in this small town, you try to blend in, right? <laughs> nice. Nice. And... Uh, yeah, I was the guy who was oblivious and wore like these short shorts. And ha- you remember I showed cattle and I had this big belt buckle Dude, I'd run. Nice. His tube socks all the way up to his awesome. knees. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And tucked in my shirt and everything, right? Dude. T-shirts. Yeah. You were living it up, man. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's great. That's, that's yeah, great. so didn't quite fit. <laughs> Later, you know, graduate with this useful degree and she's like, well, maybe you can start making money and stuff. <laughs> 
That's right, Mr. Utilitarian. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. So yeah, like, so yeah, end of college, kind of thought I was gonna get married or something. Things that wasn't the way things were going. I was kind of at the time enjoying being single and unattached. I would Mm -hmm. go down to Clear Creek Abbey down here, and I'd Mm -hmm. visit every. I started that when I was in high school, hmm. just hang out with them. And towards the end, they're like, hey, dude, we know that you're not coming down here to... Father didn't quite talk like that, right? So <laughs> I was like, we know that you're not coming to visit to join us. Like, yeah. You just come to do a little retreat and stuff. So would you be interested if I introduced you to some local girls? There's some nice <laughs> girls down here. It's hilarious. <laughs> so I'm like, no, Father, I'm enjoying being unattached right now. That is hilarious. Yeah, so then I go and talk to this girl after Sunday Mass, and he comes over afterwards, and he's like, I had her sister in mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knew monks were matchmakers? Oh, they oh, are. Man. They are. That's awesome. So we all have monks in our background, I guess. So Yeah. Yeah, then, so I kind of had that, like just sort of understanding or thought just i went to the you know these abbeys to to see if the call like if there'd be like hmm. a draw or something yeah there really wasn't pretty sure for whatever reason i was supposed to get married yeah i, don't know, I just i don't know that i thought about it too hard it's just kind of an intuition right mom yeah. and dad had a great marriage and i just yeah. kind of wanted that i want to do what they did yeah i think uh my dad's an engineer i'm an engineer yeah yeah, <laughs> lacking creativity, maybe, <laughs> but doing nice. well. So we, uh, yeah, then get to know Rachel a little bit. And yeah, so she alluded to showing up at her brother's wedding and stuff. Yeah. Started, there was a summer where I very intentionally just kind of showed up. Like I was just not there because she had invited me and yeah. not there in a one-on-one sense. I was there and we just kind of hung out. Yeah. Right. And hung out with people she didn't really know that that was intentional well it seemed pretty you know i don't know providential it was like his parents 25th wedding anniversary my brother's wedding like fourth of july party where my brother was and he was friends with my brother and like these things just happened and he just happened to be there and nice it's fun to hang out like but i didn't suspect anything i had an internship down here uh that summer working for the company i work for now as an intern and and so her and her, my sister came down with her brother and they drank, we were legal, right? They drank everything in the house. Her brother. <laughs> my brother. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty fun. We had a good time. It was, it was all about good barbecue on the grill and, and some good drinks, some good music and good friendship. And yeah. Yeah, we just hung out. And then, so I'm getting ready to go to University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign for a graduate degree. And I asked if we could continue to, uh, well, if I could write you letters, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. And I would, didn't really know what that meant. I asked, <laughs> I was like, sure, we can write letters. I like pen pals. Nice. <laughs> and then out later, I was like, Michael, to my brother, uh, David wants to write me. He's like, well, duh, he likes you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, there's this, funny. we were in this, uh, it's a Bible study, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've got this Bible study at Lincoln. Uh, we all go to this dance. Rachel shows up at this dance. Rachel and I dance the whole night together, right? And so then the guys in Bible study are like, with me, you kind of stand right behind. They're like, hey, Mike, uh, David just danced with your sister all night long. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. It was good. 
And then you asked if you could write yep. the letters. Right. And the, nice. the thing there is like, so she's going down to Benedictine. I'm going to University of Illinois. Yep. Like, what? what's up with this, Lord? Like, I kind of was hoping somebody would be kind of close. Yeah. Um, this was still in the like, let's get to know each other stage. Yeah. Right. Not, not exclusive. Mm-hmm. She was still dancing with other guys down at Benedictine. <laughs> I was trying to get into this dance. It's really weird to go into a new college and go to the dances and stuff. Yeah. As a grad student, because you're a freshman, like you're new. But yeah. Then all the f- so then you hang out with freshmen. And it was just, but that didn't work out so well. <laughs> cool thing about that, though, um, I had f- figured out that you got, like, things happen through relationships, mm-hmm. right? So I lived at a great house with her brother because I knew her brother. We were, there was, like, four or five guys in this house living near the university, great friendships, right? We, um, so then I asked our the priest at the Newman Center, and he knew some people. And I ended up connected with an Opus Day house, one of the student residences. Hmm. And so there at U of I is where I started to, I spent some time living for 18 months in one of the, the houses for student residences uh-huh. that Opus Day has. Um, so yeah, and I, that's the personal prelature uh, founded by St. Josemaria Scriva. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later maybe. Uh, so I'm there living again, there with 13 guys and we had a priest in residence, hmm. one of the, uh, priests of Opus Dei, uh, two numeraries, two members, celibate members of Opus Dei. And, uh, yeah, it was great. So there hmm. again, a place where mental prayer is happening. Yeah. Uh, daily mass is happening in the house. Christ hmm. is present. We, uh, daily rosary, right? was just it felt like home yeah, yeah right yeah. This, these were all the things that we did at home yeah so i really didn't i kind of didn't, took it for granted like, this, yeah this is just what everybody does kind of right like yeah i mean i know not everybody does it but this is what you should be doing in a certain right like it just it felt like home yeah is what i mean to say she was very popular there rachel was very popular because she would send these packages. She doesn't just write letters. She's not yeah. just a pen pal. She'll send like cookies. Nice. So she'd send these boxes of cookies <laughs> awesome. and she'd address them to the strongest man at Lincoln Green. <laughs> and of course, there's a competition for who was the strongest man. That's hilarious. <laughs> so she was well liked. Yeah. And you know, we continue to write letters. I started to make some drives from mm-hmm. the uh, University of. Illinois over to Benedictine mm-hmm. at six hours yeah. on mm-hmm. Highway 36. Mm-hmm. And it always got shorter every time. <laughs> and we'd, we would kind of spend time. I eventually got exclusive, right? To where it's like, no, you can't dance with those guys. And <laughs> I had to ask because I wasn't sure. <laughs> nice. nice. D- what do they call it? DTR? Defi- yeah. Define yes. the relationship. I was, <laughs> he was pretty good about that. Yeah, nice. That's an important thing. Nice. I learned that that was pretty important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And then did you get married right after you graduated Benedictine? Yeah. Like a week or two. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And that was how many years ago now? It's coming on 10 in May. 10 years. Okay. Yeah. You're right, 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to ask you guys a bunch of questions about your marriage. Sure. 
if uh if i can just fire away um good so um yeah i've just gotten to know you guys the last couple years but there are a number of things just in getting to know your family that i kind of um yeah just admire about the way you raise your kids and stuff and um certain things that i think could be yeah could could benefit a lot of people um but i guess just to start what one of the things i've kind of noticed from the outside is just the uh individual attention that you give to each child and sort of like <clears throat> and you guys have six kids which i mentioned at the beginning yeah, and we, uh, i was thinking we might want to introduce the family a little bit <laughs> yeah well maybe um yeah, I'll finish this. Yeah, go finish for it, this sorry. question, and then I think it'd be a good a good way to kind of yep. roll through um, your kids. But but it's obvi- yeah, it's obvious to me from the outside, I guess, that you sort of give it, you you sort of approach every child as someone totally unique with sort of like different um, positives and negatives and different like mm-hmm. things that you know temperaments and all this kind of stuff. And I guess obviously I'm not married, don't have kids, but um, I've always, when I've heard conversations from different people about how to parent or how to raise children, oftentimes it's things are explained in a way that's sort of very kind of blanket, kind of one size fits all. This is how we discipline our children. Mm-hmm. This is how we do blank. This is how we do blank. And one thing I've just kind of noticed is it seems you guys sort of like customize, I guess, the way you care for each child based on the individuality of of the child. So. I don't know, maybe take us through each of your children briefly and just kind of, I don't know, some ways that you try and uh, yeah. a- approach them uh, as individuals. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, our oldest is Dominic, mm-hmm. and he's eight and uh, tall and likes football. Nice. Yeah. He's got a pretty good arm. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. He is, <laughs> much better than his dad. He got that from mom. <laughs> So, yeah, the sports. Nice. And then Claire, she's seven. I should let you do the ages because they change every year and it's hard <laughs> to keep up with father. Yeah. yeah. Claire, uh, yeah, she's – so I drive up this morning or this afternoon, right, to home, and Claire is busting out of the front door. I mean, explodes out of the front door. <laughs> blowing up to the stop sign or the the street light and i know that rachel's been like claire go run three laps (laughs) (laughs) she is full of energy spunky vivacious yes just got a big heart takes care of people yeah and then we got martina Martina's five. She's going to be six very She's soon. She's very though. close to six. <laughs> does, she remind, does she remind you of oh, that? Oh, she knows all about that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. She's nice. got her birthday party planned. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, she's the the leader. She's very much hmm. a leader. Hmm. And she likes to be in charge of things. If you tell her that she can be in charge of things, she will do it. But if you say, could you please help mommy with She's not very interested. <laughs> yeah. Nice. She'll take care. So you figured out how to how to maneuver her into. I listened into to her. Yeah. She would say things like, "Hey, Tommy, do you want to be in charge of this?" <laughs> oh. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's Martina. Yeah, and then we got Thomas, and Thomas is four, and Thomas likes to cuddle. <laughs> he loves blankets and pillows and today after he came home from school at noon 
He put his pajamas on, his footsie pajamas on, awesome. jumped on in his blankets that he'd set out by the Christmas tree and just <laughs> curled up for a little R&R. <laughs> That's, That's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. And then Paul is kind of an echo of Claire, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Lots of... Is he's he got two, lots or, of two or three? Yeah, yeah, he's two. He's two. He'll be yeah. three very soon. Yeah. He seems... Yeah. I feel like he's got to be the... At least when I encounter your kids, like the most talkative. He's like super every, talkative. As soon as he shows up, he's just going to tell me about like everything that he, he discovered that day. He notices everything. Yeah. Like we were at the little sisters last night for mass and he had to go to the bathroom and the little sister said, run out of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> and today he was like, and the little sisters didn't have any toilet paper last night when we went there. <laughs> he, couldn't, he, he noticed and he remembered, you know. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's awesome. That is funny. Yep, and Isaac is 13 months. Yep. And he's walking, running. Yep. He's part of the gang. That's crazy. He identifies as a three-year-old. I he can't climbs. tell when he's hurt or when he's just like, mad (laughs) the the level of cry is the same yeah usually there's like a difference in volume and he's just like he's indignant yeah it's all out yeah so so i think uh yeah i don't know our our parenting is very much on the fly (laughs) like you come into things like thinking you know what you're gonna do yeah and uh (laughs) yeah and most uh, you know we did i think for one thing We've been blessed in that we're both coming from parents whose marriages are intact. Hmm, yeah. I think that uh, is a huge blessing yeah. that we've received. Again, like a lot of these things are, you're like, well, this, these are all things that are outside of my control and hmm. God has given to yeah. me, right? Like, yeah. And I just need to use well what I've been given. Yeah. But that is one thing about our shared history that I think we... Uh, you need to give thanks for yeah. right, in yeah. today's culture. Not everybody can say that. And so I saw my mom and dad, yep. you know, and what they expected of us and and how they treated each other. And that helps us now, right, yeah. with kind of at least starting out with expectations, mm-hmm. right? But then we read a lot. And we're trying to understand and improve. <laughs> Rachel does too. <laughs> yeah. And, I, yeah, just not as quickly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, one of the things you know that uh, well, so something about uh, you know my formation that maybe we didn't quite get to is you know the that I lived in the house, the Opus Day house. Mm-hmm. Um, we came back to Kansas City. Uh, it was about 18 months or 12 months between, you know, I was working professionally and we're still dating. And, and then I asked her, uh, and we got married, but a lot of drifting right there, like not mm-hmm. knowing, right. I was in this place where we did the rosary every day. Now I'm on my own. I'm mm-hmm. setting my own stuff. We, we are setting our own schedule. Do we need to be getting to mass every day? Do we need to be doing mental prayer every day? Do we need to be doing the breviary every day? Yeah. What What is enough? What is? How am I gonna be holy in a in a saint? Yeah. So start going to these evenings of recollection that were going on kind of here in town, right? Uh, Father Jay Alvarez was coming out, 
one of the Opus Dei priests and giving these recollections. Went to confession uh, and you know told him I was getting up late. You know not you know missing the morning alarm and he just raked me over the coals. Like <laughs> did I just hear you say that you're not getting up when the first alarm goes off? And uh, you know it's about the little things. Yeah, all of the things in our struggle. So started to really you know, go started to go to spiritual direction with him and he started to teach me. Now again but maybe with more understanding on my part, hmm. the plan of life and, yeah. and, and kind of the rhythm of leading uh, daily practices, if you will, yeah. that give God an opportunity to grow, to, for you to come closer to God, to yeah. draw closer, right? Yeah. And um, so we're, I know we wandered a little bit from the question, but there's a point to, in that fr- through Opus Dei, yeah. I received a lot of formation with regard to friendship hmm. and I experienced a lot of fatherhood hmm. and you know my dad has is a great father too right yeah but you know living with that priest in that house yeah right? and he you know that wasn't all you know roses I was you know a young dumb kid you know I'd go to confession I mean I'd hunt him down and be like father I need to go to confession <laughs> right and and yeah. he he uh he would take care of me right yeah anytime and you know, just so experience, so experiencing fatherhood, friendship, and then so you know, Saint Osmer has a lot of good advice about parents being friends with their children, huh. right? And yeah, so growing in in that, you know, I was recently on a date with Dominic. Uh, I was on a retreat. So you guys go on sort of individual dates yeah. with each of your kids so we've got a calendar we're, we're formalizing this so we have nice. a calendar on the wall that we just put up this weekend and it nice. has dad's date schedule with the kids and mom's date schedule awesome. with the kids right and once a year this is kind of new so you can't speak definitively but i have been taking each of them to on a special date like yeah. really like go to a really nice place yeah and let's get a couple courses of meals right <laughs> uh I mean, you know, Dominic ordered a filet mignon. And, like, <laughs> I, he didn't know. He didn't know to check the prices. That's awesome. Whatever, you know, he's doing. Let's go do this. Yeah. And, yeah. But it was interesting. I realized there as I'm sitting with Dominic. Uh, hmm. Hey, this is a nice kid, right? Like just hmm. kind of this realization that yeah, he's this is a pretty sensitive guy. Yeah. He's uh, and in the kind of heat of the moment at home, you know, when you're tired coming home everybody's going crazy around you yeah you know, sometimes you come down pretty hard on people you're like hey just sit down right <laughs> and you got this like just authoritative and uh kind of this like idea you know soldiers often have to kind of desensitize their the opponent right hmm. they don't they don't um because of what they have to do, they they yeah. don't consider the other person. They don't have to think, or they try not to think about the other person as a person, perhaps. Right. Right. This is you know phenomenon that happened like in Vietnam a lot and stuff, and and I kind of realized maybe that's what I'm doing with my kids, hmm. right? Like I have to, you know, I, I do have to lay down the law and kind of keep everybody in line and in place, hmm. but I may not. I may have lost sight of hmm. this individual as a person yeah right so um yeah so it's things like that little realizations yeah. as you're going along and paying attention to that and, and hearing that kind of being maybe allowing situations where you can 
it's important to be going out on these dates with him. I was out on a date with Claire and she's just like, Hey dad, this, this uh, boy is kind of bothering me and stuff. And it's okay. You know, but yeah, you know, what I see in the future father is that someday when she's 15, <laughs> you know, dad's going to have treated her good, taken her out. Yeah. In these nice places, treat her well. Yeah. And she'll be inoculated, prepared for guys that aren't, you know, haven't been formed yeah, well, right? Yeah, yeah. And she'll know what to expect. Yeah. Her her bar will be in the right place. Right. Yeah. And then she'll, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, she'll come. There, there'll be, and there'll yeah. be an avenue for if something needs to be talked about. Yeah. Creating opportunities that she can't, right? And looking ahead, planning ahead, she's seven now, let's create the rituals. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. How how often do you, each of you go away then on these dates so, with your kids? So once a week, we'll, I'll go on a date with one of the kids. And once a week, he'll go on a date with one of the ki- kids. Okay. And uh, yeah. Yep. So that's what the calendar's for that yeah. we have up there, right? It's that's like, awesome. I had to get it formalized. And... My dates are much more mild than his. We'll usually <laughs> stay home and have like an ice cream sandwich from a package <laughs> I bought at the grocery store awesome. and play a game or put together a puzzle. Or if it's Tommy, we'll cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we go, I take him out to Baskin Robbins and it's cool. Like we've gotten to know the, well, the ladies there <laughs> and she, it's kind of hard, but she... It was just a friendship that's developed yeah, now with yeah. this lady, and she talks to the kids, she takes care of the kids, and she's probably in her forties or something, and uh, she's trying to support her family there. Yeah, and so the kids, you know, it's like, hey, we need to, we need to pray for the Baskin Robbins lady, and, <laughs> and now Martina's praying for her. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, tell me a little bit more too about um, how you. Obviously, it sounds like you both had wonderful formations regarding the faith in your own homes like how are you um maybe one or two ways that you really try and instill the faith in your kids you know i know you guys um does your whole family go to mass every day is that kind of a no and that we've had uh i don't know if it's pragmatism or it's just everything's evolving right you're yeah. trying yeah. and and so rachel right now has been going she goes kind of early in the morning most days and then I go in the afternoons. Yeah. The kids with you know, between going to school and then trying to go to like a five fifteen mass. Yeah. Pretty tired. Yeah. Pretty poor kind of attitude about being at mass. Yeah. One of them to want to be at mass. And yeah. Yep. So yeah, we don't I think it probably as a family we're probably getting to mass like what, three days a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Three solid. But yeah. And then how do you, you know, you mentioned mental prayer, David, mm-hmm. as a significant part of your own formation uh, in college. Mm-hmm. But um, in talking with different people who are into like classical education and sort of like how the child's mind develops and critical thinking, you know, begins about 12, 13, 14. And something I've noticed is that like many who grew up in Catholic households where parents had never practiced kind of mental prayer themselves or any sort of meditation that uh and vocal prayer was sort of like all they knew once their child reached um i know this was my the case with me once their child reached sort of the age of critical thinking when they're sort of ready and primed for like more substantial prayer their parents didn't really know how to like 
lead them to that mm-hmm. next step. And, and for some people, unfortunately, I think that led them to begin the process of thinking that like Catholicism is a religion for children, mm-hmm. but there's nothing really mm-hmm. uh, for, for an adult. But anyway, I was, I'm, I'm curious, do you guys have plans to try and like introduce your kids to remember to, this is on the fly father i know i know i know <laughs> but martina does mental prayer with david already it's does she? kind of cute yeah. some days she'll just like nice. well and claire too i just yeah if you wanted to yeah you know kind of talk about the catechesis and stuff yeah at school yeah. they have morning prayer and um they the children get to lead it and they can pick out um different things that they want to lead the other children through. I think they have maybe like five or six things and hmm. um, they can do like silent prayer and that's where they like take an egg timer and flip it over and hmm. the children have like a set amount of time where it's just they're talking to God in their hearts, right? Oh, wow. um, and these are young kids. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're, is... it's like six to, six to nine-year-olds, right? Okay, okay. And um, or they'll read about like a saint or they'll recite a prayer or um they just have like they might sing a song they just have a like kind of a list of things they can pick from and they arrange it a schedule and order it um and that's that's kind of how they do prayer at school there and then when they're in that atrium they have um an opportunity to do more prayer um, like on their own there with the works that they use. So the atrium is the catechesis of the good shepherd and mm-hmm, they have that mm-hmm. as part of their school one day a week. Yeah. They spend about an hour and a half in the, in the atrium and they they can do works. They can, you know, sometimes Dominic will pray a rosary while he's there. Hmm. Um, it's kind of the children's because time. Because that gets him out of the rosary at home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. And he'll go read the Lord of the Rings while we're praying the rosary. That's funny. Because <laughs> he said it at atrium. Um, <laughs> But hey, <laughs> freedom. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just a good place for for them to start to foster that relationship. That's yeah. what the yeah. catechesis of the Good Shepherd is big on. Just the child introducing the child to the Good Shepherd and starting that relationship yeah. with them. Yeah, um, it's really yeah. beautiful. So then, awesome. you know, when we're at home, yeah, and they see us, you know, doing mental prayer. Yeah, right, like. Claire occasionally has been like, hey, dad, can I do mental prayer with you? Awesome. And and she'll lead it. You know, she'll be like, all right, so we're first going to read this psalm. We'll read this <laughs> psalm. And now we're going to have a time of quiet, right? And then maybe some time for intentions. And, hmm. and so, you know, they're seeing a hmm. rhythm of life, right? Yeah, yeah. And then they want to participate yeah right so that's so great yeah i mean they might not really enjoy saying the rosary right now <laughs> but yeah. they do i mean you know really yeah. when they because yeah you know, we we have been trying to learn how to do that well right mm-hmm. you know do you force everybody to be what, you <laughs> yeah. know, on the firing line or i don't know how mom and dad got us to say the rosary, <laughs> but eventually we all loved it and yeah, yeah. And yeah, I talk. It's it's really cool. Sometimes I talk to families where the dad now you know, he raised twelve kids. They're all out of the house now. He's got like sixty grandkids, right? And the first thing he tells you is like family rosary, man. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, hey, how did that look? It was chaos. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh god. Yeah, okay, I can yeah. relax. 
relaxed a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And, uh, but we've been, so like, they're leading it, right? And so then that mm. makes it, I don't know, it's more fun, but, like, yeah. they then care a little bit more. That's great. Can I ask you guys one more question? Yeah. You have time? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, we were just chatting before the podcast a little bit about this, but you, Rachel, had received some advice in spiritual direction from a priest that I heard secondhand from a friend of yours. <laughs> and Which is great. <laughs> yeah. And the, the line or one of the lines, I guess, that he gave you with a, uh, a question about discernment that you had brought to him um, several years ago is a line that I've used in pr- pretty much uh, every wedding homily um, in like the last three years. And uh, um, it always gets a good a good reaction. Like it really causes people to stop and think and everything. But but so you guys were actually. I'll just stop there. I don't, you you can just tell the the whole story from the start. I think it would be something that a lot of people would benefit from hearing. Sure. Um, we had just had number four, Thomas, and Thomas. Um, so that would have been like four kids and like probably six years, right? So let's step back to when Thomas was born. <laughs> so we have. It, it took all night for Thomas to decide to come. <laughs> we were exhausted. My mom came down and helped out. We walk in the door, right, with with number four in arms. Yeah. And the three kids. Mom looks at us and sees like terror and <laughs> tiredness and overwhelmedness. Yeah. Mom steps into the backyard. She calls dad. She says, when you come down, can you bring like some extra, you know, clothes for me and stuff. I think I'm going to have to stay a while. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So we were pretty wiped after Thomas. Yeah. Right. Well, and then, I mean, I think yeah. that, that kind of described the whole thing. Like, yeah, four and six years and, and everybody's at home. We, I don't think we'd start the home or the school yet. No. Right. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, pretty wild. Pretty busy. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I went to spiritual direction probably like this was within a week or two after he'd been born. I took him. Oh wow. And and it was just kind of like, you know, heavy on my heart like hmm. hey father, like, you know, how does how does this work with, you know, I know the church says to be open to life, but also says that um where's that mental health clause <laughs> yeah 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 like you have yeah. to discern right like what um um what grave reason is what is you know mm-hmm. Y- mm-hmm. you should have children unless you have grave reason not to basically mm-hmm. right so what what is that i mean like you think do you think that would apply here or like what can you help me out a little bit basically right? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and um and he he was just really really great. Um, just talked about it and and um, basically like yeah, it can be overwhelming and it can be really uh, seem like a lot. But like um, in the grand scheme of things, like children are worth more than the entire created universe. One child is worth <laughs> more than the entire created universe, and um, God always provides for each child and he always gives us the strength 
that we need to care for each child. And and I've found that to be entirely true. Like with each child, hmm. each child has basically come with a loaf of bread under their arm. Like I can tell you hmm. like... I get a raise every time. <laughs> with the first three he did. Yeah. But then with when yeah. I was expecting with, I think it was with Thomas, that's when... Um, our babysitter called me up out of the blue and was like, hey, I've been working at this deli, but I'm thinking about quitting. Like, if I quit, could you use me more? And I was like, well, let me talk to Dave and get back to you. David's like, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Like, just have her come over and you can, like, have some time off each week. And I was like, well, it would be nice to just, like, go grocery shopping by myself. And so, <laughs> my, you know, without having three kids you're wrestling with, right, while you're yeah. pregnant with number four and and so she just started coming over and helping out. And pretty soon I was like sending her with the list and she was getting the groceries and bringing nice. them back and unloading them and putting them away for me. Nice. <laughs> like it was such a blessing. And and I, you know, it's dad's responsibility to take care of mom, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we need to be looking for opportunities to kind of creatively help. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And then after Isaac was, I mean was born we got new neighbors next door that had six Mm. kids and we all of a sudden had playmates for people and like people to carpool with to school and like yeah yeah it's like in unexpected ways god really provides in a super abundance yeah it's incredible that's awesome so kind of the response to your discernment question was you guys ended up having paul and then Mm -hmm. and then isaac and uh, there's always a question yeah just because you want the children to be intentional oh yeah Right. So, yeah, no, that's great. That's just such a wonderful story. And of course, for our listeners too, that um, this could be a much, much longer conversation about yeah. the uh, what qualifies as grave reason, which I'm sure we'll we'll get around to that in one of these podcast episodes eventually. But um, good to always remember, of course, that uh, that grave reason can is going to vary from from family to family and everything. And so, the Lord seems to have blessed you guys with just enough. Grace and energy to, <laughs> to uh, yeah, to welcome a couple more and it expands your heart. Yeah, yeah. Good. Well, I think that's about all the time we have. Um, great to have you guys. Thanks, Thank Father. You, Father. On the podcast, it's fun talking with you. Yeah, and good to good to get some more of your your background and story and uh, some of those little details I didn't know about. And um, yeah, um, any final. I don't know, words of wisdom or I guess have like a favorite quote from a saint or something that mm-hmm. that comes to mind. Uh, when I was growing up, the, our priest would say often, um, it was Pope Pius X, he would quote, that really is stuck with me. I can't hear what you're saying because your example speaks so loudly. So just remember that as a parent. Oh, wow. I've never heard that before. That's awesome. I can't hear what you're saying because your example speaks so loudly. Huh. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of sounds similar to Paul VI had that famous line in his encyclical on evangelization that, you know, modern man listens more readily to um, witnesses than to teachers. And if they do listen to teachers, it's only because they're also witnesses. So um, yeah. that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Nice. You got one, David? Well, the only thing that comes to mind is something Martina told Tommy the other day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for you. Five-year-old to four-year-old, you know, Tommy probably just asked if he could, like, have something that's Martina's, and yeah. all I hear is Martina saying, oh, "Tommy, you know, sometimes life's hard, man." <laughs> <laughs>
That is awesome. That is awesome. Born to be a leader. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Good. Well, yeah, thanks again for coming on. And um, yeah, thank you all for listening. And uh, tune in uh, next time for some other wonderful guests on the City on a Hill podcast. Bye-bye now. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the City on a Hill podcast. Please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and leave a review so others will come across our content. If City on a Hill has been a gift to you, consider joining our mission by making a monthly gift. Learn more at kansascityonahill.org slash donate. Be your best and strive to be a saint. <laughs>